0: Hey guys, want going to do a podcast, try to keep up with y'all, right? I'm playing some Kingdom Hearts. The first one, we're at Hercules World, at the Coliseum, we're doing the 80's Cup. I've been doing a playthrough of this game. And pretty much at the end, yeah, doing the '80s cup, you know. About to fight Cerberus. Oh, we just lost. Cause I stopped moving. Why did I do that? It's all good. Um, what I wanted to say about Kingdom Hearts that I did admire, I thought about, I'm like, yeah, I think it's worth doing an episode is... um, The Coliseum. You know, Hercules movie wasn't like that. You know? And since they, like, made that concept... And... It's 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 been a it's been a hit, it's been a hit, you know. Nobody asked for it, not not because nobody wanted it, nobody thought of it. You know, they thought of it and they did it. I commend them on that. That's that's what made Kingdom Hearts such a dope ass game because they had the Disney princesses with the rest of the Disney characters and um, Final Fantasy characters. And that's what I was like remarking, like that's what those Kingdom Hearts 3 off the rails so much is, not other did they ditch the Final Fantasy characters, except for these characters I'm about to play as. Because they, they made them into pixies is they also ditched the disney princesses and that's what it was mainly about at least the first game and the second game has something to do with the princesses they did play major parts it was just that the third game ditched that and what did they replace it with was amusement rides they wanted to advertise that to you Holy crap, yeah. I gotta do some training. I gotta do some Final Fantasy training. This game is, uh, it's, uh. I really do like this game. It's my favorite Final Fantasy game. It's about the only Final Fantasy game that I really clung to and got a grasp of. What the heck is Final Fantasy really about? Because before in the past, when I played Final Fantasy, of course I didn't know what the heck was going on, you know? This was a Final Fantasy game that I actually was really getting a grip on gameplay, Story. Not that much, but enough, you know. And this was the Final Fantasy game that incorporated the ladies. I had a sister. half have a sister. <laughs> a god sister at that time. They got interested in Final Fantasy because of this game. I guess no choice. Okay. Everybody said the same thing. of okay. Yeah, I gotta do some training because I'm at a certain point where I'm facing this boss and he's really hard. He's hard. All right. I'll admit it. So far I got a lot of the dress fears. I've missed one dress fear, because I suck at spear break and I couldn't get a uh, lucky lady a dress fear. Um, you know, honestly I hope it's not that much of a big deal. Uh, all the other dress I've, I've been enjoying so far. With, um, yeah, now the boss I'm facing. Shoot, man. Oh, I could put on a garment grid that guards against poison. Because that's where just the light bulb moment in my head just happened. Is that the, the boss? He's like this dead ancient samurai. Aeon, whatever the heck. He has like two moves and he fights with a dog and on top of that you can't even aim at the dog so if i was to get a Garmin grid that would block against his poison move that would help out a whole lot because he would do a special move that will reduce you to just one HP. And prior to that, he would hit you with uh, a poison. And obviously, well, it's not obvious. The poison move doesn't do any damage. However, obviously, poison just ticks away. So he does the all... And on top of that, and on top of that, when he does the ult, he he reduces your MP down to one also. So that's a killer thing. Killer. Killer. He's a killer. So, at least against the poison, because I don't know if we could find out what's a block against that. If it's even possible. We just about completed... Um. oh that's the thing I got a I got a new dress sphere, and I didn't even equip it I got berserk Berserker also yeah so I just so this is what was also the light bulb right? is I w- just about completed uh, Warrior mode and festive mode. They're, these girls, they just about know all they moves, down to the point where they're, they're learning the rest of the, the passive. You know, the buffs. You know, the automatics. And I really want everybody to be good at uh, whatever the heck so that we could be set to really like configure each character in the gameplay you know a certain way to where it's like a puzzle piece with the garment grid the, the dress fears the players and yep their abilities you know the thing about riku is her skirt is so short you always see an upskirt but it's not well yeah it is technically upskirt but She's wearing a bikini, so it's like, you know, you're ready to dip, so it doesn't even matter. I don't don't know. I... You do know, but... (laughs) Uh, All right, let me go ahead and end off this episode, because I got a funny feeling somebody's going to mess around and call me. and. Anchor, if somebody calls you, at at least, you know, from from my perspective, using an iPhone. If somebody calls you while you're recording, and when you go back to the app, you cannot recover. You know, the episode, the audio file, nothing. You can't. It's just gone. Matter of fact, Anchor would freeze. And you won't even be able to hit the stop button. <laughs> and of course, it's not recording anything. So that happens regardless. It happens regardless if you pick up the phone or not. I know this. And that's the sucky thing. You know, you just assed out. So many episodes got lost and ruined because somebody called me. You know, it's, it's really dumb. Dumb, bro, it's dumb. We're we gonna put on this other garment, Chris. Since um, we're doing some training, you know. All right, I'll check back with y'all another time. Maybe on some King of Hearts. If I could live. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, guys. Santa Radio. I'm your host. I'm playing some Final Fantasy, but I'm not gonna be talking about Final Fantasy. I'm gonna be talking some astrology and letting off some steam. <coughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. Here we go. Um. What I really wanted to um, talk to y'all about is Sun-House combinations. Because we already talked about all the different planet combinations, but I didn't get into detail about the different houses. Different houses is like the different themes of which a planet or a sign uh. Alright. Um. Alright, so that's let's, let's start with Aries. First and foremost, right? Aries in the first house, Sun in the first house. Now the sun in the first house is exalted because Aries uh, is exalted here. The sun is exalted in Aries, I should say. Now, um... But this sun being here, it gives somebody a strong presence that others would gravitate towards and they would love to be around their energy. These people had the energy that could fill the room type vibe. These are the people that got the answer to the the problem. It may not even be the right answer, but they do have the answer. And people more than likely will feel comfortable to turn to these people for guidance, assurance, you know, all the fancy stuff. There really is absolutely no stopping a airy sun first house person. You you really got the cake in astrology when it comes to this. And you you really are blessed. You know, there, there has to be some really messed up other things in your chart for you did not have what I just described as an attribute or instance when you're around other people because there's a difference between when how people treat you and how people view you and how you treat and how you view yourself. All right? Hopefully, but honestly, with Aries already being in his home house and the sun being here in an exalted place, you actually, I won't be surprised if you, you know, don't have a high self esteem, a very good ego about yourself and of yourself. Maybe you might be a, a borderline egotistical, but that's, that's how other people could view you. I think overall, objectively, no. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, Um, probably even your Mercury is here. You know, your Mercury is in the first house and it's in an Aries also, possibly. And that is brilliant. It really speaks a lot of volume. Right here to what you bring to the table. Honestly, full-heartedly, you bring a lot to the table. With the sun and Mercury here. You have a a, a divine intelligence. A divine intelligence. And it's not like spiritual or full of mystery. Like how Neptune's intelligence could be. This is very much practical. and could actually help people. You know. Um... And you know Albert Einstein has Mercury in Aries, you know, and as intelligent and as brilliant as he is, as y'all know, and as y'all, it it really is uh, awesome. There's there's you you just exude awesomeness, and even if you don't believe in yourself, there might be some other aspects, some you know. Maybe your your moon is all messed up, you know? About you, you know. But but um let's just say also hypothetically, your mercury is in the 12th house. Because mercury could only be one sign away from where the sun is. Venus could be two signs. And that's the most, two signs over, all right? So when you don't when you have a Mercury that's not in the same house or the same sign and or in the same house or the sign as your son, there is a conflict because your son is your appearance and ego. And it is conclusive and congruent for you to have a logic in the problem solve that reflects you and how you are and how you reflect. You know, when you have something that is different from who you are, it could naturally create some dissonance. And when Mercury is in the 12th house in Pisces, essentially, it's at a detriment. And then I can see why, even though you can have the presence of the sun, booming i mean just just full on at its highest and best self logically how you're processing it, how you're communicating at how you're going about life like your neighbors and your siblings is in a dark almost like hidden almost like double life type of way and that's what's that's what's happening is your Mercury is hidden, is unseen. And the only way it could be influenced is through almost like uh, 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 a subconscious level. These ideas, it's other people and, you know, coming to conclusion and knowing where you know, these ideas come from Would be like, yeah, I'll watch this movie And this is what happened For you, with the Mercury in the 12th house You may not even pick up on things like that That easily You may very much be in the dark on Almost like the notes and the bolts You know, of Of, of what's influencing you Because all around you is logic in rules, principles, you know. <coughs> Rationale. It is all around you. Can you pick up on it? Can you recognize it? Is it's a question. Yep. So but let's also say hypothetically we put your Mercury back in the first house, right? Hypothetically, um your Venus is in the twelfth house. Now your Venus is exalted. And you have a lot of good, strong, powerful, unique. I mean that is so dynamic. None of it's your sun. Exalted <laughs> Your Venus is exalted And your Mercury is in a strong place You You Have spirituality That comes to you so easily And luck and, and all of that stuff Because that's also what Venus is Venus is also a symbol of luck And how things would pan out for you And It is It is uh you you really are like almost like a god reincarnated with with these three placements it is so so beautiful it really is it really is beautiful and if your Venus was in the first house this would make you a very hot lover I mean a lot of people could fall in love with you A lot of people who may not even be into, you know, that whole love making like pros or whatever. You make it easy for them, I can imagine, with your Aries. It ignites action. And somebody who may not even be about that action or may be hesitant. Your Venus puts them (coughs) in a good position to act. To' this isn't like Venus and a- Virgo where there's some distance you know to that this is a Venus that is fired up and willing to work, and that's the Aries and Venus with the mercury and the sun I mean, yo, you're a wrecking ball. you're somebody to not be trifed with honestly, you know. So let's go into a switch of Mercury into the second house. Strong placement, a good placement. The only downside is Mercury slows down. Mercury is known to be very fast moving. It could be very fast moving naturally in his home house, the third house, you know, the next house over. It could be very productive on an extra high level in, um, <coughs> in the seventh house, in the Libra house, right? You know, so Mercury here becomes the financial manager, the sales manager. they really know business. they just uh moves, they're a bit slower about that, and it's it's perfectly fine, it's perfectly fine because you know rush things can really you know ruin anything that that could be. Made easy for you. And. Mercury in Tauros. Really is a, a, a blessing in disguise. Because. You know in this day and age. We want things to happen so fast. Instant microwave type of. Processing or uh, understanding. Ordeal. Conclusion. When we all know. Is very much so not that quick. Honestly speaking. So. Mercury in the second house, strong placement, good placement, blessing in disguise. You make money. That that airy sun, first house, that Venus right there. Ooh, you make money. You you your partnership, because that's also what makes Mercury in pfft, Taurus, aka the second house, a blessing. So great is because Mercury is about communication, and with communication, you need somebody else, some back and forth, you know, um, almost like a currency. Yeah, exactly. And it's not by yourself, honestly. It's not. you like to think, oh, you got to do it all by yourself if you want something for yourself, but no. That's where your mercury comes into place. And then you put it into the house of the second, which is a business. And when you have business, you have somebody else. You have the owner, and then you have the consumer, the person that's buying. That is the dynamic and Mercury naturally goes to work there. You know, it's not like Mercury in um in um Gemini that would be a bit lazy. You know, it has gifts given to it naturally. It's not earned. Mercury in... in the second house gives it a purpose. You yep. Hey, we yeah, um, and then um, when you put Venus inside the second house it is and it's um, its home house strong placement I mean this Aries rising sun first house person has a lot of good things going for themselves even maybe even if the mercury is in a detriment in the 12th house the 12th house brings a blessing. It takes some time, you know, searching around. However, will be revealed. It's not like, oh, you got anything to do with the 12th house. You get nothing and it's just bad, especially if you got to No, actually, just about anything there is will be revealed in due time. And the Mercury will naturally give its pleasure in a Mercurian way to that person. You know, almost like the dead clock type of um, metaphor. Is right. Two times a day, not even once. Two times. So if your detriment is literally like that, there will be a moment where you're on point and it is naturally given. While everybody else may be finding their way. Trying to get their way, you know? It really is, you know, a, a blessing. You you really are a blessing. You got that, that Aries rising sun in the first house. <laughs> because just based off of those first two planets, a lot of blessings could happen. All right, so let's go on and finish off the last two placements. Hypothetically, Venus could be. Venus in the 11th house, I'll be, in theory, like Venus in Aquarius. Which makes Venus not as focused. But that's that could be a good thing. You know, why not? Because Venus is the trigger of your love and your love for anybody, not even with Scorpio being included can be an obsession, an obsession teeters on 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 on, on, on something bad, a, a bad attribute. And with it being an Aquarius, it could go out, flourish, to its thing, understand itself, develop something. And the good thing about Aquarius is it's supposed to bring that technology, that innovation back around to the community. Not keep it to itself and go off and be the egotistic king that or queen that it knows itself to be. But no, come back to the community. And then you be able to shine like your desired self to be, the sun. That is the opposite of Aquarius. So you know, Venus and Aquarius, Venus in the in the in the eleventh house is a blessing, because this is community, in Venus's relationship. Naturally, boom. Aries rising, Sun first house. You are a blessing. You are, you are probably, everything, anybody could ever dream of. You sound amazing. And yeah, I have to repeat myself. There could be some other things that could be messing up. But so far, looking at your Mercury and your Venus, really good. Really, really good. Blessings, all right? And in theory, your Venus in the third house is a blessing because this is Gemini. Gemini is communication of the Mercury. And then you have relationships, bonds, relationships, you know, at home. Um, It could be romance, right? In that natural house, that would makes it flexible and fle- f- free-flowing, just like Aquarius, because that's an air sign. It's in the air right here. So a, a Venus air, what we're learning, is a productive Venus. Not like Venus in Libra, Which could take a back seat at times and just wanna desire people to love it for what it is. Yes, that can be from moment to moment, you know, maybe not back to back moments, right? You achieve that and you you should be there, you know. (laughs) But more in a humble space, you know, on this you know, this just a little side note for Libra Venus people. Or, you know, Venus in the house, in in, uh, a dignified place at, at home. Yes, to a certain extent. That is your natural ability for people to, for you to come to the humble attitude of allowing people to enjoy your presence, you know, and allowing people to feel good and feel lucky to be around you, you know. But when Venus is in an air sign. Not at home. It is productive. It does more. Just like Mercury when it's not at home. Like if it was in um, Libra. It gets very productive. Very good. Very useful. Mercury begins to shine. You know. (laughs) All right. So we just went over hypothetically. The sun in the house placement. And you know I went on and. Just put a sign there. We started off with Aries. Aries rising. What a blessing you are.